This is the Retirement Playbook with your retirement coach, Brock Elspa. Even if they don't offer the Roth 401k, don't make that an excuse not to save money in there, right? Because you want to take advantage of any kind of match at all. It's, it's free money, 100%. So we want free money first. And your retirement cheerleader, Danielle Elspa. Yeah, the best, um, I think, statement we ever heard was you move from forever tax to never tax. Together, they form your retirement offensive line from innovative financial solutions. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is the Retirement Playbook with Brock and Danielle Elspa. Good morning, Cape Girardeau. How are you doing this morning? This is the Retirement Playbook with Brock and Danielle, brought to you by Innovative Financial Solutions. We are the retirement people, and we're here every Saturday morning from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. right here on KSIM, KZIM, excuse mm-hmm. me, and KSIM down there in Saxon. <laughs> so good morning, everyone, and uh, how are you doing? Good man? morning. Doing yeah. great. Doing yeah. great. Good. So, yeah. Good. I'm Life's re- good. It's the Life holiday season. Life is good. It's the holiday season. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about tax, your end of year tax planning. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about all kinds of great retirement stuff today here. And uh, if you have any questions, please shoot us an email at the retirement playbook at gmail.com. The retirement playbook at gmail.com. You can also give us a call if you have any questions about what we're talking about and you want to say, you know what, I don't want to email this question. I would mm-hmm. like to get on the phone and just talk to these folks. You can do that. Leave us a message at 332 7855. And uh, lastly, you can get on our website, and it's the Innovative Team, theinnovativeteam.com. Check out past shows. Uh, you can actually download our Retirement Income Toolkit mm-hmm. as well. Some great stuff in there to get you started on the road to a successful retirement. That's right. That's right. You stole my thunder. I didn't get to talk about any of that. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. It's all right. It's okay. Are you okay? (laughs) I'm okay. Therapy? (laughs) No, I'm good. I'm telling you what, with all the Christmas craziness right now, so I'll I'll take the break. Well, you've had enough retail therapy anyway (laughs) lately. Yeah. Yeah. And you know I like to shop, so it's been, yeah, it's been a lot of retail therapy. You should not admit that to me. I shouldn't. I know. I know. We got to have a good vibe here. You know what I'm saying? We (laughs) got to have a good mojo here. What you're saying is I can't stress you out this morning. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'll try not to. Well, look, I'm really looking forward to today's show. We're going to have a lot of information, Mm -hmm. a lot of really good information. And um, we're going to talk about a topic that I think a lot of people are kind of confused about. And have asked me lots and lots of questions about in the past. Yes. So we're going to go ahead and just bring the information to the people. Because we know that if you have all the information when you're making a decision, that you uh, that's going to be way better than just saying, eh, well, I think this is best for me. Well, how do you know? How do you know unless you have all of the information when you're going to make a decision, especially about your finances, mm-hmm. and in particular, your retirement finances? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, no matter what phase in your life you are, whether you're in accumulation or distribution, or even if you're just worried about your legacy, it doesn't matter. Today's topic is going to apply to you. Yeah. So there you go. I think go. this is a great one too. I think it's good because a lot of times, I think the first time you hear about this, you know, in your life, you're like, what? <laughs> okay. So. We, we've teased them long enough. Let's tell them what yeah. we're going to talk so about So we're going to talk about qualified money versus non-qualified money. And we're going to make it very interesting, though. So yes. some people heard that and maybe go, oh, my you gosh. You think they've all sleep already? Yeah, they already, like, rolling their eyes or <laughs> back, back in their to head, sleep. you know. But just trust me on this. Stay with us and pay attention because you're going to get a lot of good information mm-hmm. today. And that's what this show is all about, right? Just giving you information, education, so you can use in your own life. Or if you feel compelled, you want to, you know, check us out or give us a call, you can do that. Again, it's 332-7855. But, you know, it's up to you uh, when it comes to that. So, Yes. So all the money spends the same, mm-hmm. right? No matter if it's qualified or unqualified, we're going to define what that means. But it's it's all money. It's all yours. Yep. But it's just a matter of how it's taxed. Yep. And when it's taxed. Yep. And so today we're going to dive into this topic of qualified money, which means it is tax qualified, okay? So okay. like your 403Bs, your 401Ks, your IRAs, that's all qualified money versus non-qualified money and the possible tax treatment of both types of accounts. Got it. Speaking of taxes. Yes. We're at the end of the year. We are. And, you know, we've held several workshops uh, Mm -hmm. this year, more than we probably have done in the past few Mm -hmm. years. Well, there's a huge change. And and, and exactly what I was going to say, which is one of the reasons why we did is because there was a huge tax change. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, with the the, the pass of the uh, Jobs Act and and, uh, tax cut of 2017. 
So there's a lot of stuff in there that has to do with taxes. And this time of year is when you should be worried about that. Mm-hmm. Most of the people just really worry about taxes when it comes to tax time. Right. And and so, but I'm going to give you some compelling reasons not to, some information that you can use and some tips that you can use mm-hmm. in your life as well when it comes to taxes. So depending on your unique situation for retirement, it may be beneficial to have both types of money. And so when we talk about diversification, a lot of people think, okay, well, yeah, I need to be diversified and have, you know, large cap stocks and I need to have small stocks and I need to have real estate and gold and bonds and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But really there's another diversification, which is tax diversification. All right. And it's a big one. It is a big one. So that's what we're going to talk about today. You want to get us started? Ask me a question. Well, I think let's let's back up because you you're oh, gonna, gonna back it yeah, up. Yeah, we're gonna back up just we're a little. Back bit. it up. And All you right. talked about this. Sorry, a little. I'm excited about. <laughs> I know you get show. excited. <laughs> and you talked a little bit about this, but let's just reiterate truly what is the difference between qualified and non qualified money, and how can you tell the difference? I know you kind of mentioned some of those samples, but let's kind of talk about those too. So I'm going to help you out today. I'm ready. Yeah. Please help us out. Okay. Well, and, and our listeners, not just me. I, I, mean, I, I know. <laughs> I, get, I, get it, I get it. I get it. Yeah. But I want to tell you, Miss Daniel, you're okay. not alone. Mm-hmm. Okay. In your confusion about the differences between the two. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to help you and our audience. Okay. Thank you. Thank you're welcome. Not just me. Understand a little bit more about what it makes uh, these different types of an accounts. Mm-hmm. And why they may both have value to you. Yeah, I think that's important. We're not going to position one as better than the other. So let's Just clear that those. right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But like everything else, when it comes to your retirement strategy, when I emphasize the word yours, because it's everybody's situation is different. Right. There are pros and cons to both qualified and non-qualified accounts. Which one is right for you depends totally on your, again, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. unique goals and situation. Emphasis on the your. Exactly. <laughs> so for the typical retirement saver, you know, you have a mix of qualified and non-qualified accounts can provide good tax, diver- excuse me, diversification mm-hmm. and balance and flexibility because you never know. You never know what tax rates are going to be when you retire. Mm-hmm. You never know how tax rates are going to change while you're in your accumulation phase. You know, if, for example, right now, maybe it's better because you're closer to retirement and we're at historical low tax rates that you look at after-tax savings, okay? And one of those after-tax savings, again, and you've heard me uh, discuss this before, which Mm -hmm. is Roth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, taxes are on sale right Mm -hmm. now, folks. Mm -hmm. Some of the lowest rates we've been in our entire history of our country. You know, we've talked about this on past shows, too, that Going back and people don't, they just, it's hard to grasp. You know, it's kind of like the, uh, our, uh, deficit, not our deficit, our debt right now, totally right. different deficit and debt. Anyhow, yeah. the debt right now being $21 trillion. People can't understand what that means. Correct. And, Most people probably couldn't even figure out how to count that high. <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, an, ex- and I don't blame them. I, it's hard for me to wrap my to head around it's hard a to trillion yeah. dollars alone. Now we're talking yeah. about 21 trillion. And people just throw out, oh, billions and billions mm-hmm. for this and billions for that. You can't even wrap your head around what a what billion I mean. dollar yeah. really means anyway. Right. Okay. Okay. So I say that to make an analogy between wrapping their head around what tax rates were in our history. And I'm going to, do you, do you remember this, by the way? Mm. The highest don't be quiz, don't be quiz tax me. rate. <laughs> I'm ready. Go. 90%. 90%. No, I don't. In our past, I don't remember that. and I can't tell you exactly what year it okay. is. It's a okay. long time ago. Yeah. 30s, I want to say. Yeah. In the 1930s, the highest tax rate was 90%. During the Depression, you think? It was during that time? It was either, I think it was before. Oh, we're going to find out. It the almost next. had to be, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll, we're we'll, going to look this up. We will. We'll let I'll, everybody know in the next yeah. segment. <laughs> Let's get our stat boy on that. Over That's there. right. Hey, stat boy over there. Can you work <laughs> on that for us? Do we have one of those? Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm just making up stuff now. But anyway... So we're going to get that for you. But but can you believe that? I mean, 90%. So that's so hard. Mm-hmm. And that's why I make the analogy. You can't wrap your head around paying mm-hmm. 90 cents or let's just make it $90 out of 100 go to the government. Gosh, no. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why I say you, you, you complain about right. what you pay in taxes. And, yeah. and, and rightfully so. You right, know, right, right. There's some reasons maybe to complain. 
But my point is, is that if if they're at the lowest rates in history, there are accounts that you could look at, like mm-hmm. the Roth, to say, hmm, uh, do we really think they're going to continue to go down from here? And and I'll I'll tell you, I'll throw this out there and challenge this is which is okay. There's 21 trillion reasons that believe that it mm-hmm. won't go down. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. so take gotta, that. Got to get out of it eventually. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I will say this, uh, getting back to our topic, qualified versus non-qualified. So what's the exact difference? I will, uh, I'm going to enlist the help of Mr. Tim Parker's article. Okay. There was an article uh, titled qualified versus non-qualified plans. What's the difference? So that's perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually was published on the dot, uh, the balance.com in July of 2018. So this year, according to the article, the account definitions are established and regulated by the uh, Employee Retirement Income Security Act, also known as ERISA, acted into law in 1974. Got it. Okay, so that's I'm going to kind of use that as the basis of of explaining the differences here. Right. Okay. Right. So yeah, 1974 was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, not too many more years, and ERISA should be retiring. <laughs> Funny. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. No. No. Well, if that's when it was born, though, it would only be like what 43 years old. Oh, maybe I guess. Huh? 45, 44, yeah. 44 years old. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, 44. you're good at figuring that out. So, so. if you're retiring at 44, <laughs> you've got true. a really good retirement. That's true. Okay. Well, you know. Hey. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. So um, there have been many attempts to update the employee, or excuse me, yeah, the Employee Retirement Income Security Act. I'm going to know also start calling that ERISA for yes. simplicity here. Um, there is a uh, uh, article that was applied, or applied, that was uh, brought about by thinkadvisor.com. In May of 2008, entitled Retirement Industry Officials Back Bipartisan Bills to Update ERISA. So to your point, mm-hmm. uh, I believe that you are correct, that mm-hmm. that was a long time ago, and it may be time for some updating. Correct. Yeah. Well, I just think lots of change, especially when we talk about all the changes in retirement from back then, okay. from a person retiring then. So. Okay. But let's get back on track. So yep. for right now, we're going to stick with this qualified versus non-qualified. Correct. Okay. Yep. All right. So qualified accounts are, um, uh, again, let's, let's call them tax qualified. Okay. Okay. Because they give you tax benefits on the funds that you invest and uh, help big build a bigger asset uh, pool, if you will, to jump into at retirement mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And, or at least let's hope. That's what right? you want to have happen. Yes. Because it, uh, some growth there, right? Right. Uh, non-qualified accounts don't come with those benefits. So, you know, the, the 401k, you put money in. Uh, if you put in $10 and you're in the 10% tax bracket, it's only like putting in 9 and then it grows from there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Non-qualified accounts, if you put in $10, you're truly putting in $10. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you pay taxes on all of that. Um, so it, you get a little bit of a break with the qualified accounts right now. Okay. But it oftentimes, almost all of times, you would have to then pay taxes at some point. Yeah. You don't get away with not ever paying yeah, taxes, you don't get, right? You, there's no <laughs> double dipping. Here, okay? Right. It's going to happen at some point. It's just you, when. Do you pay the taxes now? Right. Or pay them later. Yeah. This, honestly, uh, that's what all of this boils mm-hmm, down to mm-hmm. is, is, is that. Uh, but they do, I will say this, uh, non-qualified accounts, uh, you, you get a lot more freedom to move your money often uh, without the, the, the age restrictions, mm-hmm. you know, on okay. qualified yep. money. Yeah, that we talk about. The, the magic age is there of 59 and a half before you can touch the money or there's a 10%, you know, penalty uh, for tax penalty for withdrawing prior to that age, uh, depending on the investment product. Uh, so you get a lot more flexibility, usually with non-qualified. However, you don't get the tax benefit. Mm. So which is more important? And what I would say is an often, in most cases that I see, having both is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, just like you said, diversification, have a mix of stuff. Right. Yeah. So usually. <laughs> um, I'm going to get into some more of these differences and what you could do to help yourself in your retirement. It's all next right here on the Retirement Playbook with Brock and Danielle. You know, many times when you're dealing with a husband and a wife, Social Security benefits can add up to over a million dollars over your lifetime. It's a very, very important decision that you make and get right the first time. Hey, everybody, this is Brock Ausball with Innovative Financial Solutions. Give us a call, 573-332-7855, or look us up on the web to learn how to maximize your Social Security benefits. We'll actually give you a complimentary report called the Social Security Maximization Report. Give us a call or look us up. And now back to the Retirement Playbook with Brock and Danielle Alspa. All right, welcome back to the Retirement Playbook with Brock and Danielle, brought to you by Innovative Financial Solutions. 
ones. We are the retirement people. See, I let you do it. This you did. Time. You did. Wow, aren't I just <laughs> such a nice guy? <laughs> you are. <laughs> anyway, uh, we are talking about a lot of stuff already. Yes, we, we talked did. about non-qualified and qualified accounts, and that's kind of the topic of today mm-hmm. and uh, making or helping you understand the differences and the benefits of each. And uh, one of the things we talked about in the first segment was tax rates and mm-hmm. the history of tax rates in our country and um, trying to get our heads around the, the, the fact that uh, our, our tax rates are actually uh, some of the lowest in, in our history right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, uh, we actually mentioned about trying to wrap your head around paying $9 out of every $10 you earned to the federal government mm-hmm. in tax. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? No. And, and, and I mentioned that that has happened in our mm-hmm. past, mm-hmm. and it did. And, uh, and so now I've pulled up a chart just to prove mm-hmm. that what I was saying was correct. No, we believed you just couldn't remember the year. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this is from the BradfordInstitute.com. They have a um, uh, top federal tax rates, and there's a chart here. And it was. It was 1944. Mm-hmm. And anybody that earned over $200,000 paid 94% in taxes on that money. That wow. is a lot. And it actually, if you look, it kind of dipped down in 1950. It was, went all the way down to 80% tax rate, <laughs> oh, right? And then it went back up in 53, it looks like. And it, it's, you know, stayed at 90% all the way till, say, 1962. Mm-hmm. Then it started coming back down and coming back down. And, and then, of course, you know, like I said, it's been uh, some of the lowest rates right now in our history when it comes to top federal tax rates. Mm-hmm. And again, I mean, you had to make 200000 I think you said, what was the average? Yeah, the median income, I think, in 45 was around $2,379. So, right. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's... So, a, I mean, these were the top of the top of the top, right? right? I mean, right. $200,000. But still, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, most no, people absolutely. would say... Absolutely. You don't want to pay that much in taxes regardless. So, um, you know, you want to keep, hopefully, most of your money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 for sure. For you want know, sure. most of that coming back. So, right. yeah, so there we go. So, we kind of followed up on that. And again, we were talking about qualified versus uh, non-qualified money, and you kind of gave us some good basic definitions before we le- left the last segment. So um, do you want to go into a little bit more with those, since I know it is still a little complicated for most people listening. Right, right. Okay, so um, I-, I mentioned in the first segment that we were kind of following along the article mm-hmm. um, and uh, by Tim Parker here, and it's qualified versus non-qualified plans. What's the difference? Right. And Parker says that qualified plans in particular – also come with a few additional benefits that may make following the rules worth it. And when we're talking about following the rules is, is that obviously, yes, you're getting some tax benefits, but there's rules that come with it. Like you can't touch it till 59 and a half. If you do, there's penalties. You have to start taking money out at at 70 and a half. So there's some rules that come along with qualified monies, but Mm -hmm. there's additional benefits. And he says the one reason that many employer sponsored accounts like 401ks are established as qualified plans. So that's why, that's why 401 plans are qualified, right? Is that kind of, is that kind of what? Right, right, right. So some of those, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some of these benefits, okay. Uh, One of the reasons employers like offering qualified plans is because they are eligible for a tax break on the funds they contribute to their employees' accounts. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's from the employer standpoint. That's their advantage. Yeah. Yep. This provides a benefit for both the employer and employee. So your employer participates in a 401k match or otherwise contributes a percentage of your salary to your retirement plan. So they're saying, hey, there's other benefits mm-hmm. than just the taxes a lot of times because if you're in a 401k, you're all not only getting tax benefits, but you're getting a match potentially from your employer. Right. Which you talk about all the time. Make sure you're taking advantage of. Oh my of. gosh. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so just another Absolutely. little plug right there, right? So if you're not, you should be. So, cause that's free money to you. So, right. So anyway, sounds like a win-win situation. It does. And yeah. here's some of the other things about qualified accounts. They also require employers, you know, specifically talking about, you know, qualified mm-hmm. employer plans, 401ks, 403bs, 457s, those kinds of plans also require employers to treat everyone equally. Okay. So some people would view that as a uh, benefit as well. Mm -hmm. If a company offers a 3% match, they must offer that 3% match to everyone who qualifies. This isn't just for the executive level. This benefit covers anyone in the company who qualifies and treats them the exact same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So everybody gets the same thing. Yep. 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 Um, let's yeah. see. Yeah. So what? that's all good. That is that's all good. good to know. So that's all qualified we're talking about qualified plans. So mm-hmm. just to make sure everybody understands what mm-hmm. we're kind of talking about. So your 401k is not going to thing. So, yeah. So I think, um, that's probably pretty good to make sure you go check out if your employer offers a match for sure. Cause I know, again, we mentioned that, but can't reiterate that enough. 
um, that you should be matching anything that you're getting. So, you know, a lot of people say it's only 2% or only 1% or whatever it is, but hey, that is free money. So match that money and start stockpiling as much as you can. So right. Um, that's probably probably the best takeaway tip we have right now, right? So understanding Absolutely. qualified money. Absolutely. So um, tax break, you know, you, um, you'll you notice that your contributions to these accounts come off the top of your salary, so to speak. Your money is invested in the account without taxes being taken out, which is known as a pre-tax uh, distribution, mm-hmm. okay? Um, so the tax-free money for the employee, not quite, Right. Ultimately, you will pay taxes on this money when you withdraw the account after you turn 59 and a half. But for now, these monies mm-hmm. are not taxed or penalized. Mm-hmm. So compounding over years and years and years. Right. Okay? Right. Um, now, if you have a Roth uh, 401k option inside your employer plan. Mm-hmm. Which those, I did in one of my previous. You did. Yeah, and so nice. uh, you now... Uh, more than likely, if you have some kind of match, you have your Roth 401k balance and then you have your match from your employer. And those are two separate. Okay. So you might be thinking, okay, well, I'm getting this match. I'm doing 5%. They're putting in three. So I'm getting eight and it's all tax-free to me in retirement. Not so much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because the money you're putting in that 5% is yes, you get a tax break for putting that money in now. It's going to be taxable or excuse me, this is, we're talking about Roth. So you have to pay taxes on it now, but then it's tax-free at the end. Mm-hmm. Huge benefit there. However, the the monies that your employer put in, you, you didn't pay any taxes on those. Right. <laughs> and your employer didn't either. So, so someone's going to pay taxes Someone's going to pay it. taxes, yeah. So you, when you retire, for example, you would roll your Roth monies out to a Roth IRA, the after-tax dollars, mm-hmm. and then you would roll the contribution from your employer and whatever that's grown to, due to the, you know, whatever gains you have, mm-hmm. um, all of that balance then gets rolled over to a traditional IRA. So when you retire, you're going to have two separate accounts that you have to establish if you want to roll those out to an IRA. Mm. Now, you obviously don't have to, but I'm just saying that that's what most people do. Right, right. Um, and so you, and that's you know, good to know because that keeps your tax situation the same, right? Yeah, Is so, that what you're saying? So you're not so, making changes. Absolutely. So yeah. right there, that's what I tell people a lot of times. We want to be tax diversified. Diversified. We understand the benefits of the Roth IRA. We understand the benefits of the Roth 401k. But we also know that, oh, so which one should I do? I'm getting closer to retirement. You have to consider that that your match is going to be taxable. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the monies that your employer puts in for you are going to be taxable. We don't have any choice on that. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should do a little bit on our end of tax-free dollars mm-hmm. to kind of balance that whole uh, act out, okay? And so... Um, so it's free money, but you're still going to pay taxes on it. Yeah, <laughs> eventually, exactly. eventually. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's, it's, it's really important to get with someone that understands this mm-hmm. and what it's going to mean not only now as far as tax benefits now, but more importantly, what it's going to mean to you in retirement, mm-hmm. okay? And, and what, how much do we project to be there using some formula of rate of return and um, the, the, the balances of the two separate accounts. Mm-hmm. And, and so do we need a little bit more in tax-free because our actual income is going to be higher in retirement? And you might be thinking, no way, I'm not going to make more in retirement. It happens more than you mm-hmm. think. Oh, well, yeah, especially if you've been, you know, doing a great job saving. Exactly. Yeah. It happens more mm-hmm. than you think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... That's a good problem to have. <laughs> it is a good problem to have. I think most people would say, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, so if you're going to have more income, then you probably would want, or even the same, really, mm-hmm. more of that to be tax-free. And you can do that through the Roth, mm-hmm. saving through the Roth. So, you know, you really need to under work with someone that understands all this and what it means to you in retirement. But also, you need to have that person and or yourself... Uh, work with your accountant mm-hmm. to, to understand the benefits of all. Yeah, that's a good plug because, you know, obviously we talk about we're not tax advisors, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so that's why it's important to make sure you're working with your team, that you have your team approach. So, yes, yeah. collaborative. Collaborative, yes. Approach. There it is. Do we have time to talk about limitations um, or regulations on qualified accounts? Yes, ma'am. You got a little bit of time? Okay, yes, so let's ma'am. talk about that because I think that's important to talk about. Too. It is. You know, we talked about um, the, the some of the limitations mm-hmm. that you might have with qualified money. You get a tax break, so you got to give up something, right? There's good things about it, but there's also some potential pitfalls and downfalls to this um, uh, when it comes to qualified accounts. Um, so first of all, let's talk about contribution limits, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. When you're talking about a IRA, it, you know, 5,500 is the max you can put into an IRA for 2018. 
Um, if you have a 401k, it's much higher. You can actually put in 18500 But if you wanted to save more than that, what would you do? Okay, you couldn't do it in a qualified account. So it's un- it's important to understand it. Obviously, if it's non-qualified, you just open up a brokerage account and you can put as much money as you want in mm-hmm. that. I mean, it's just I think that's important. Yeah, that, there's other options because I think some people say, oh, I've already maxed out. I don't have any other options. Right. Right. And they do. They just got to understand what those are. Exactly. Yep. yep. Good. Okay. Good. okay. All right. So um, that is some of the, we're going to get into more of these, by mm-hmm. the way. I know you were getting ready to do it. But I was. We do have to I take, was about to lead you in. I know. We have to take a break <laughs> real quick, though. So we're talking about some of the benefits, pros and cons to both qualified and unqualified money. It's all next on the Retirement Playbook with Brock and Danielle. In today's volatile environment, making sure your assets are properly aligned with your financial goals has never been more important. At Innovative Financial Solutions, we use this simple 11-question survey to help you gain insight into your financial profile. Armed with your score, we can help you make decisions about your asset allocation in retirement. To learn more about this valuable self-assessment, visit mycolorofmoney.org to get your score or give us a call today at 573-332-7855. And now back to the Retirement Playbook with Brock and Danielle Alspa. Okay, welcome back to the Retirement Playbook. Brought to you by Innovative Mm -hmm. Financial Solutions. We are the retirement people. We are Brock and Danielle. (laughs) That's right. We're here with you every Saturday morning and we love it. I hope you guys love it and enjoy it and get something out of it. Yeah. So so give us feedback. Um, You know, we we enjoy getting that and um, we've gotten some great feedback, which is wonderful. So if you have ideas, topics for the show, um, anything you want to know about, please shoot us an email, theretirementplaybook at gmail.com the retirement playbook at gmail.com or look us up on the web, the innovative team.com, the innovative team.com. I know Brock mentioned earlier that all of our shows are podcasted and they're saved on our website. So you can go back and listen to anything you want to listen to. We've done lots of topics and we kind of allude to those throughout the show. You know, we'll mention previous things we've talked about. So check us out and um, go listen to some of the other ones. So I think there's you know what's nice about that. What's that? If you don't like what we're talking about, you can hit the fast forward. Button. <laughs> That's true. It's, you know, if you're listening kind of, live right now, you're just stuck with yeah, us. Yeah, you're stuck <laughs> with us. Oh, and gosh. we're happy that you're stuck with yeah, us, by the way. Yeah, so. yeah. So, yeah, all right. Well, you got to listen to us for, you know, another another couple segments here. So, yep, yep, all yep, right. Yep, yep, yep. So, I know you mentioned 59 and a half earlier. You know, I kind of like to joke with you about what I've learned the most is just all these different ages mm-hmm. that you have to be ready for when it comes to retirement right. and all these half ages, you know, and all that crazy stuff when it comes into play. So, uh, talk to us a little bit about 59 and a half and how, how this one works according to the topic we have today. Yeah. So we're talking about some of the pros and cons of qualified versus non-qualified money, which is, you know, your IRAs, your 401ks, that's all qualified. And I, again, I like to say tax qualified mm-hmm. versus just qualified. So you get a better understanding of what we're talking about. And then non-qualified is money is just the money that you, you invest on an after-tax basis. It doesn't have any of the strings attached. It doesn't have, you got a lot more freedom. However, you don't get any of the tax benefits. Mm-hmm. So we talk a lot about having diversification, you know, having a Roth, having a traditional, having non-qualified. And so uh, that can be easily done. So some of the pros that we were talking about in the last segment were some of the limitations, you know, the contribution limits on how much you can p- put in. Uh, one of the other things I'll bring up here real quick before we get to that, which is um, uh, you have, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, limitations on income. Too, you know, when it comes to contributing to, for example, a Roth IRA, you can't make more than two hundred thousand dollars, um, and you're phased out. You can't contribute all to a Roth IRA, um, and so and and there's a phase out for being able to deduct a traditional IRA too. So you have some income limitations that uh, uh, make you uh, not qualified to even contribute to these plans. Mm-hmm. Now that's not true on the on the employer sponsored plan. So if an employer sponsors a plan. There's no income limitations. So if they offer the Roth 401k, you can make $500,000 and still contribute to that. Mm-hmm. So that's a great benefit. Yeah, that's great. In addition to the limits are much higher. Instead of 5500 or 6500 it's eighteen five mm-hmm. and twenty four five. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's just a lot of uh, more flexibility inside of employer-sponsored uh, plan versus an IRA. Now, here's the other side of that. Always presenting pros and cons. Right, right. Um, inside the 401k, you're limited to those investment options. And then with the you know, IRA, you know, you have the freedom to, you know, invest mm-hmm. in whatever you want to invest in. Your so, choice is limited, right? Yeah. Choice is limited when you, yeah. Okay. So that was a, Whew, that little, was a lot. That was a lot of recap there. Yeah. Of, <laughs> of the, what we've talked about so far, but you asked me the question about 59 and yeah. a half and what how happens does that come then? into play? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So at 59 and a half, um, uh, if you're, if you're not 59 and a half, so say you're 52 and you want to retire, you could be facing a 10% penalty. Okay. For withdrawing funds out of that. Now, I will give a little caveat to that, and I don't know if you want me to get into this now, but I'm going to do it anyway. You just like jump around on me anyway. Well, it's not really jump around because <laughs> it has to do with this 10% penalty. Okay. Okay. You know, there's there's something called, when it comes to having an IRA, a 72T, okay? Mm-hmm. And what that is is a subsection of the IRA uh, regulations. And what 72T says is, is that you can actually start income from an IRA prior to that to avoid the 10% penalty. Prior to the okay. 59 and a half. Prior to 59 and okay. a half. Okay. okay. So the, inst- the example you're giving of a 52-year-old. Exactly. A 52-year-old okay. who worked in P&G for 30 years and he's got a half a million or, or two million or three million, whatever dollar amount it is. And he's saying, hey, I'm I'm retired mm-hmm. and <laughs> this is my whole nest egg here mm-hmm. and I need to live off of that. And there is a way to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's through the 72T provision that allows you to take an income stream and there's three different ways to calculate that income stream depending on how much you need. Um, and, and so what that rule says is a very general uh, discussion here. Uh, there's obviously other things to consider and you should talk to your tax advisor as well. Uh, but the, you have to do that for the longer of 59 and a half or five years. Got it. Okay. So where does that come into play? If you're 57 and you do it, you still got to do it for five years. You got to stick with that income stream. Mm. Okay. You can decrease it, but you can't increase it. So there's lots of little caveats that come with that. And uh, again, so you need to understand the ins. You and need outs to understand yeah. the ins and outs of that before you do decide to do anything. Talk to your uh, fina- qualified, you know, financial services yeah. professional, yeah. or your accountant, or both, mm-hmm. and and get them on the same page. So you know you're not going to get in trouble uh, by doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so there is some there are some ways around that 59 and a half, but um, again, it is a restriction that comes with qualified money. Um, in addition, the uh, 70 and a half age, which is if you have pre-tax dollars in a qualified account at 70 and a half, the government says, hey, you've deferred this money long enough. No one's ever paid any dollars in taxes on this. Now it's time to pay the piper. We need those tax dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. And, uh, and so the government says you have to take money out of that. Simply how that works without boring you too much, uh, you can... Talk to us uh, one-on-one if you'd like to get more details, but how it works, you add up all of your IRA balances from the year prior. Mm-hmm. So 1231, year prior, take that balance of all of your IRA qualified money and divide by 27.4, okay? And then that divisor, 27.4, goes down each year, which means you have to take more money out, mm-hmm. okay? So that's a very high-level discussion, but it right. just so you understand. People just think the basics. you have to take out a certain percentage at 70 and a half, and it's not a percentage, Okay. It does usually equate to about three, three and a half percent in your early years, and then it goes up from there because the government says the older you get, the more you have to take out. Yeah. Okay. Mm, they want you to use that money. That's right. And they want taxes. <laughs> so that was a lot of information. That was a lot of information. But it's important. It is. It is important. And it's important that you know, and uh, you know, kind of going back to the discussion of you know Procter and Gamble. And the reason mm-hmm. I bring that up is because there's a lot of Procter and Gamble retirees around mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that we work with. And so um, there's also provisions, um, other provisions with qualified money, you know, in a uh, uh, savings plan that you can take company stock out without paying the 10% federal tax penalty mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And it's through a concept called net unrealized appreciation, which simply is this. Again, very high level. I don't want to bore anybody. Right. But let's just say you paid $25,000 for this I don't know, let's call it preferred stock of Procter & Gamble or whatever stock it is. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be Procter & Gamble. Uh, and, and so you're going to pay ordinary income on the basis of that of that account. So you you, you paid $25,000. It's worth $300,000 now. You're going to pay ordinary income on that $24,000 or $25,000. Okay? Um, and then uh, you move that $300,000 preferred stock account out to a brokerage account that is non-qualified. And then from there, it's capital gains instead of ordinary income. Mm, mm-hmm. And that's a huge tax benefit for a lot of people. Doesn't work for everybody. Doesn't make sense for everybody. But for a lot of people, it makes sense when you have company stock. Why am I talking about this? Because we're talking about the differences and benefits and pros of qualified money and versus non-qualified, non-qualified mm-hmm. money. Agreed. Okay. So there's some things you need to be aware of and some things that you need to understand when dealing with qualified money. And you think, oh, well, I'm just going to take withdrawals out and roll it all out to an IRA. and Right. You know, all my money is going to be taxable. Well, there's other things you can do and the other things you should consider mm-hmm. 
if you have these certain parameters. Yeah. So if your mind was spinning like mine was, <laughs> this is why you need to give us a call. Because I think what Brock is saying in a nutshell is that, you know, don't think that you only have one option when it comes to this stuff. And there may be a better route for you to go to save in taxes, to make the right move for you, to be able to use your money the best way possible. And I think that's what we're here today is to share this information so that hopefully you go, you know what? I never thought about that. Right. This is a, this is a, you know, maybe I should look into this a little further. So right. yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I think those were both great 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 options so well it, you know again you want to appeal to audiences and 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 i think that is very relative to uh, a lot of people around here mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and um again there's certain parameters and qualifications that apply to all those things i just talked about but that's important that's why it's so important to to, to work with uh, someone and, and ask them questions and see if it's right for you right and, and so just a plug for us we have a report mm-hmm that deals with both of those aspects, the 72T and the net unrealized appreciation to see if it makes sense. Right. See if it works for you. To see if it makes sense. So we work with a tax accounting firm that does that Mm -hmm. for us. Yeah. And that's great. That's huge. Yeah. Because then you can say, okay, here's what, here's what it'd be if you didn't transact the NUA. Here it is if you do do it. And here's the tax ramifications. So here's the information. You decide if it's right for you or not. Right. You know, anyway. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's good. So, you know, I, you talked about a few exceptions, right? You've already mm-hmm. talked to, and those, and those are, you know, very specific, obviously. So um, I think we should talk about some other exceptions that might happen, you know, if you needed to withdraw. I mean, I think you don't like to talk about these <laughs> and hopefully it never happens right. to anybody, but they, they are out there, and, right? And these are more what I would call kind of hardship things, but uh-huh. um, occasionally Congress passes laws uh, that allow limited time special distributions. And in February of this year, the Bipartisan Budget Act of 2018 passed both the House of Representatives and the United States Senate. And this bill eventually became law, and the IRS produced publication 590B. So if you want to know anything about IRAs, just so you know, I mean, it's a humongous publication. Right. And it's, well, it's the IRS. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. Publication 590, <laughs> not the B part. Okay. 590 is what regulates IRAs. Got it. Okay. So if you want to do some light reading or something to put you to sleep at night, <laughs> is that what you're saying? Right. Yes. Go to publication 590. <laughs> Got it. Right. Got it. But 590B, which updated the existing law, irs.gov, by the way, you can go there. 590B, 2017 distributions from IRAs. Mm-hmm. They define the new rules for tax favored withdrawals and repayments from certain retirement plans, including IRAs. Um, for taxpayers who suffered economic losses as a result of Hurricane Harvey, Irma, and Maria. Mm-hmm. So this was a special instance that the government uh, put out to aid taxpayers in the event of a natural disaster. Right. So this is different than what totally. you hear of other people taking like a loan against their, you know, I mean, exactly. this is truly for these people who suffered a huge loss. I mean, yeah. they're talking about being wiped out completely. Wildfires. So. I mean, you just yeah. name it. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on nowadays. It seems Oof. like every year there's a big natural disaster, you right. know? Right. And uh, so anyway, so there yeah. are some exceptions there. So, um, Okay, All so right. that was a good segment. It was. We, we, we really were talking about a lot this show. <laughs> we really are. Yeah. And actually, I have some year-end tax planning uh, tips and okay. topics to talk about. Okay. And it's going to be next on the Retirement Playbook with Brock and Danielle. When it comes to retirement planning, many people spend their energy focusing on how to accumulate a large retirement nest egg without giving any thought to where the retirement assets should be invested. While accumulating your desired amount of retirement assets is important, We feel that it is just as important to have your money in assets that represent the level of risk or safety that you want. Red money is money that is at risk and subject to market volatility. Yellow money is money that is at risk but is professionally managed. And green money is money that may have its principal protected and is less subject to large market swings. At Innovative Financial Solutions, we created a simple way for you to group your retirement assets called the color of money. To learn ways you can protect your nest egg, Download our complimentary retirement income toolkit at theinnovativeteam.com or call us at 573-332-7855. That number again is 573-332-7855. And now back to the Retirement Playbook with Brock and Danielle Alspa. All right, welcome back to the Retirement Playbook with Brock and Danielle, brought to you by Innovative Financial Solutions. We are 
You want to do it at the same time? The retirement people? Oh, I wanted to do it by myself. Wait. Okay. Fine. You do it all the time. It's your me. show. It's your world. I'm just living <laughs> in it. That's right. I'm so glad you have realized that. So today we've been talking about the differences between quali- tax qualified accounts and non-qualified mm-hmm. accounts. And um, I know some of this topics maybe put some people to sleep, but it's... Uh, it's exciting for you and you can It tell. is exciting for me <laughs> and I love it. Yes. And I love what I do. I, and it, the reason I love what I do is because I help people. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, that's what drives me it. every yep. single day. And yep. it's just, you know, it's a great, great business to be in. Yeah. Okay. So um, we've talked a lot of bit about that, but a lot of really the differences between the two are how the money's taxed. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I know we're coming down to the end of the year. And so I wanted to um, talk about this because I think it's really important and we're kind of running out of time when it comes to end right. of the year. So yeah. very, very important uh, that uh, you, you, you look at this. And what I'm referring to is, is the uh, tax law that was passed, okay, this earlier this year, and uh, some things you can do between now and the year. I know it's cutting it close, and right. you, if you're gonna, you know, do anything about it, it's it, you gotta act quickly. I guess you will. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know people are busy, and it's Christmas shopping, and it's holiday parties, and you know, all kinds of stuff. They can <laughs> it's eat cold. Up, it's cold. <laughs> but but my point That's is, a anyway. lot of things that can eat up your time. Yeah. But, um, it's never too soon to start thinking about taxes. Right. Okay. And we've had discussions, and again, we've had workshops on this with the uh, 2017 tax reform. Um, and, and many people say, well, okay, well, I'll understand what the benefits are, you know, come time when I file my taxes. And I just don't want people to do that. I don't want people to drive their retirement by looking in the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. I want you to look through the front windshield and do things now that could help you. And you need to understand what this tax law is. So the Tax Cuts and Jobs Acts of 2017, it's the biggest change in the tax code in over 30 years. Okay. And one of the main reasons why it was passed was to, number one, in my opinion, to reduce the corporate tax rates, Mm -hmm. to be more competitive with our counterparts around the globe. Um, The the second reason, in my opinion, it it was passed was to help simplify how you file your individual taxes as well, okay? And so let me explain a few of these things, and at the end, I'll, I'll give you some tips. So first and foremost, you need to understand that tax brackets and tax rates have changed. They've come down, and many people that are still working uh, have experienced this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully everybody's heard about this. Well, hopefully. sure, sure. Hopefully. <laughs> I would think so, because we have a very intelligent we do. listening audience. Well, and it's been it's been out there. Well, especially at the beginning, it was out there quite a bit. So, right. yeah. yeah. So, so you've seen a lot of the adjustments, even in your paycheck, if you're still working, okay? And you're just, um, <clears throat> you know, you're worried about where your tax rates are going to be. You've already possibly seen this benefit because your paycheck has mm-hmm. got more money in it, right? So what do we do with that money? And, and I think, you know, obviously this is the retirement playbook. We would encourage you to put more in your employer sponsored plan. Right. Uh, we would encourage you to contribute to a, uh, to an IRA if not. Um, so, so saving the money obviously would be a, a, a perfect uh, thing to do with that extra money. But some of the other things that have changed, number two, and this is actually an article that was, um, written by Charles Sherry, December 14th, or excuse me, December 4th of 2018, I'm kind of using some of this material here to give you the information. But number two is personal exemptions eliminated, child tax credit increased. So your personal exemptions that you took in 2017, uh, the $4,050 is gone. Okay. However, the child tax credit doubles to $2,000 instead of $1,000 per qualifying child. Okay. Subject to income limitations. Mm -hmm. Uh, Increased standard deduction. This is the big one. Okay, the increased standard deduction went from 12,700, which mm-hmm. was the uh, joint filing standard deduction. So if you had less than 12,700 of itemized deductions, you just went ahead and took the standard deduction. Right. Filled out right. the easy form and you're done. You're I mean, done. it was very simple. Mm-hmm. Now that's gone up to $24,000 as a result of this. And did and did we read somewhere that it said this will probably ninety percent of people will take the new standard deduction? Correct. So we won't have the itemizing Correct. issues we've had before. So Correct. Yeah. Okay. So um, th- yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that that is a huge huge difference mm-hmm. that not a lot of people um understand how that's going to affect it until they file their taxes. Right. Right. Okay. People are still 
trying to get that all together. <laughs> right. I tried to looking at itemizing. So, but it simplifies things. Too. Yeah, it does. Okay. It does. Now you get rid of some of the exemptions, and you know, just say forget all that, mm-hmm. and let's increase the standard deduction. It's so much easier. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So, but if you are going to itemize some itemized deductions, um, reduced and or eliminated. For example, the state and local income taxes, property taxes, and real estate taxes are capped at ten thousand dollars. Okay. Okay. So if you had more than ten thousand dollars, and you're not going to be able to do that if you're still going to itemize your tax return. Uh, let's see. All miscellaneous itemized deductions are eliminated, including deductions for unreimbursed employee expenses, tax preparation fees, and the deduction for theft and personal casualty losses. Okay. I think you know you've mentioned this in some previous. Um uh, shows because you know obviously we're not tax advisors and so you know we can't give you tax advice but the reason we're talking about this right now is because it is the end of the year and this is important to maybe call your accountant right right now and say hey are there things that I could be doing at the end of the year to be look it's more my prepared? job to assist you right and if we're not talking about taxes when it comes to your financial life and if you're not understanding these things and if your advisors are not talking to you these things you're not doing yourself any favor. Mm-hmm. And so I overemphasize this and I would right. be happy to review these options and see what's best for you. But when it comes to tax matters, okay, I absolutely recommend that you check with your tax advisor. Okay. So that's kind of our disclosure, if mm-hmm. you will. Yep. That's exactly right. All so. right. Number five, changes to alternative minimum tax, the dreaded alternative minimum tax, <laughs> the AMT. <laughs> I'm serious. It's just like, uh, keeps keeps me up at night. Yikes. Yikes. Um, It's still with us, but will snag far fewer taxpayers since the exemption and exemption phase out have been substantially increased. Uh, There were about 5 million taxpayers uh, were expected to pay the AMT under the old law, but now only about 200,000. Okay. (laughs) That is a big, big difference. That's a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And this is all, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but simple is good to me. Oh, yeah. So if we can simplify things and right. make life easier, then why not? I'm all yes. for it. Yes. Okay. So here's number six, and this is a big, big, big one. Okay. I mean, this is a huge one if you are a business owner mm-hmm. and it affects us. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, so I'm very interested in it as well. The new law uh, gives pass through, quote unquote, business owners such as sole proprietorships, LLCs, partnerships, and S corps a 20% deduction on income earned by the business. Okay. Okay. Um, it's a substantial benefit, okay, um, for business owners that aren't qualified as C corps. Okay, so if you're a C corp, different deal. Mm-hmm. However, I will say this: What did I say at the very beginning of this discussion? One of the main reasons for passing this law was to reduce to reduce and make more competitive the tax rate of corporations, and that, my friends, has went down to twenty one percent from thirty five. So huge. That's a huge, yeah. huge reduction in corporate tax rates. <clears throat> um, for these big, especially, I mean, think about like Apple. Right. And we've in, seen those changes. Yeah. yeah. They're making then, those okay, changes. Okay. So what else does that do? Not only does it re- reduce it for now, but it brings the possibility of bringing money over that Correct. was overseas. Because it was cheaper. Because it was cheaper. Yeah. And it was, you know, they were paying less taxes over there. Now they can bring that money back and use it here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's lots and lots of different aspects to this. Um, okay. So the deduction for small business owners. Uh, generally available to eligible business owners in 2018 that have incomes below 315,000 for joint returns mm-hmm. and 157,500 for 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 single and okay. other taxpayers. Okay. okay. Uh, at by the way, just as a caveat there, at it starts phasing out and getting reduced at 315,000, but at 415,000, it's completely you don't get that 20%. Oh, got it. Okay, that's yeah, good yeah. to know. Yeah. But there yeah. is some some yeah. some in between. There is. Yeah. Okay. There is. So. Um, that, that is a huge one. And, um, if, if there are ways that you can reduce that business income, okay. I E maybe you've never done it. Maybe you have, but you've only done a little bit contribute to a 401k mm. and a solo K is very easy to set up. Yep. Okay. So you can set up your own, even if you're just a one man business, um, and you can you know reduce that income so you can take full advantage of that. 20% deduction, business income deduction. There's ways you can you do that mm-hmm. and not just give away the farm. Right, right. Okay? No, so, and, and do good things for yourself, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, and, and help with your retirement planning. So. But what do you have to do? Yeah. You have to know what your income is Correct. now to be able to do anything by the end of the year. 
to make smart choices. Exactly. Yeah. So my point is it's too late oftentimes. Now with like, for example, that I used were contributing to a uh, 401k, you can do that after the first of the year. You, have some you, know, time. you can actually yeah. do that until you file your taxes for the next year. But my point is there's maybe some other things that you can do as a business mm -hmm. to reduce that income, but you got to do it before the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So talk to your tax advisor. Yeah. And if you don't know where your income is right now, Ooh. then you better find out. <laughs> yeah, that's that's your first project. <laughs> it's your first project because you got to be under that 315. Uh-huh. Okay. To take full advantage. All right. Yeah. Okay. All that's right. good so stuff. It is good stuff. Uh, one real quick, going back to the personal aspect of this, um, there, there's, there's some tips here. Review your income and portfolio strategy to help potentially save some money in taxes. Um, make sure. Make sure you don't miss the required minimum distribution deadline. If you're over 70 and a half and you have a tax qualified account, you know, or if you don't know, you should, that you have to start taking money out in the year you turn 70 and a half. Okay. If you don't do it in the first year, okay, they give you a little break, but you have to take two in the next year. So my point is you got to do it by 1231. And if you don't, it's a 50% penalty on that money you should have taken out. So make sure 100% that you get that done. Okay. All right. So, um, that is all the time, man. I could talk forever. I know. I can tell you're, you're wound up for our listeners. He could go another hour. <laughs> I could, but we're, we're at the end of the show. Yeah. And I just want to thank everybody for listening. Yes. And if you have any questions, just give us a call folks. It's no big deal. We're very unassuming. Just give us a call. 332-7855. Shoot us an email at the retirement playbook at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk to you next week. Have a great one. Thank you for listening to The Retirement Playbook. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Brock and Daniel Elspa at Innovative Financial Solutions. Call 573-332-7855 or visit their website at theinnovativeteam.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Innovative Financial Planners, a registered investment advisor in the state of Missouri. Insurance products and services are offered through Innovative Insurance Consultants. Innovative Financial Solutions and Innovative Insurance Consultants are affiliated companies. Brock Alspa, Danielle Alspa, and Innovative Financial Solutions are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.